Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris and, uh, well, it's Saturday morning. Um, we've been out, uh, Jess has been uh, out running since 5 a.m. and then going to boxing and the Christmas break up for the boxing thing and then shopping and then back. And I've been out coaching, came back uh, from a beautiful walk, a uh, couple of coaching sessions, done a turbo on the bike on the balcony, a really hard one because I'm doing a week of um, intermittent fasting. I'm just giving it a try, um, stopping eating uh, early in the evening and uh, not really starting up again until around 11 o'clock in the morning. Really the best way to do this would be to stop eating around 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. Uh, in the afternoon and just have breakfast, but um, I haven't been able to swing that one yet. Anyway, so I've finished my uh, turbo on the balcony. I'm having, I've broken the fast with a protein shake, uh, which is delicious. And I'm about to do the corpse pose lying on the floor with my legs up the wall to uh, do a bit of recovery work for that, uh, for that hour and a half on the bike. Poof, that was uh, intense. Um, we, we often share the idea of vision, inspiration, purpose, and I, don't think I can go over this too much. Inspiration comes from your soul. Your soul doesn't care about time, money, relationships, health. It doesn't care. It, does, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't get affected by any of those things. So we sort of talk about stillness or empty, emptiness. We talk about the power of the soul, meaning when you connect to your soul, you don't have pain. I think Eckhart Tolle talked about um, the power of now. So when we can be so in our soul, we need nothing, want nothing and have everything. Therefore, in the soul, and that's why people can go looking for their soul, go looking for self, um, the reason they go looking for soul or self is because there's no pain there. However, and it's a really good place to find because you know any pain you're experiencing, whether it's physical, emotional or mental, is totally not your soul. And so if you find your soul, you're not having any pain. But there's a part of finding your soul which is really complicated and that is the concept of connecting is participating in life, paying the mortgage, um, doing a day's work, connecting with people, having relationships, um, making decisions, feeling pain and pleasure. And, and all of that, that whole thing I just described, is called vision. So if inspiration is your soul, where there is no pain, Vision is your ego where there is pain. So the way we interface or interact with the planet, with other people, with work, relationships or anything, is through our ego, through our vision. Now many people think the solution to discomfort in life is to shrink away from it or, uh, or make themselves smaller. Uh, for example, to work three days a week instead of five. A very stupid notion. A person might say, I'm going to have a smaller house 
and therefore have a smaller consumption of income and therefore be happier. But it's still ego. And zero is soul. So there's no pain in zero. So if you want to reduce everything to zero, you'll be able to do it. That means no house, no money, no job, no car, no relationship, no nothing, sitting still on a cushion somewhere in the world where somebody feeds you bananas. And that typically would be called an ashram or a zendo or a monastery in the Himalayas where you can do zero if you choose, just sit. And then you don't have to have an ego. Everywhere else in the world that you go, you need a vision. Um, and that vision is your ego. Beyond your vision, there is your purpose. Your purpose in life is the thing that keeps your vision on track. It, Adolf Hitler had a big vision. His purpose was to annihilate a race of people. His purpose was corrupt and his vision therefore was corrupt. And so you can see that with the with power of a vision can become great danger. A person can go off on all sorts of tangents thinking they're on track or being guided by God or some unholy belief that they've read something that says everybody should be blue-eyed and uh, blonde-haired. Some ridiculous notion. And so our purpose is the, the Holy Grail. As it's mentioned in many books and in Monty Python, the Holy Grail of life is your life purpose. And the reason you need vision, inspiration and purpose is because a vision without a purpose is very dangerous. It, it is narcissistic. In other words, it serves itself. And therefore, it can spend a lot of time running toward and away from things that it doesn't need to, that you don't need to. So you are the vehicle in which your soul gets transported. You, you go out there, you have a vision, and your vision is, in a way, holistically, in all seven areas of life, trying to leave some sort of indelible footprint on the planet when it leaves. This immortal impact, this indelible footprint, this, this influence, effect, is your purpose. Your inspiration or your soul or your ego, or your inspiration or your soul, it, it doesn't have a purpose. It is, it is what it is. It is just simply is. And getting to know that part of yourself is quite important because it's a way of, in a way of connecting to something beyond your own mind. Your vision is your ego. Now let's just talk about your ego for a minute because it's pretty important. The bigger your vision, the bigger your life. The bigger your vision, the bigger your ego. A big ego that is heading off in all different directions, all seven areas of life, and the ego doesn't have a single point of focus, breeds what's called the seven ego syndrome, where there are seven selves all competing with each other to create life. You know, the relationship self is competing with the work self, is competing with the health self, is competing with the social self, the mental self and the spiritual, they're all competing. So the seven uh, ego syndrome is, is really dangerous. So we, we, we hone the ego, we, we direct the ego toward purpose. Let's just talk for a minute about ego. 
If you were to imagine just for a moment a Roman centurion, do you remember the old ones with Julius Caesar, the Roman centurions? They had those uh, funny looking boots, leather boots, and they had metal skirts on and uh, helmets uh, and, and shields of armor. If you imagine that, sh that being your, your vision, your ego, you imagine that centurion facing outwards away from you, in a way, protecting you from the battle you're in, in a way, shielding you from life, shielding you from what you think is dangerous. The ego always faces toward what it thinks is dangerous. Now, there are some things that can happen in life that are quite astonishing. The first one is the ego can turn towards you. So we can start being Take our ego can start becoming self-condemning. That's pretty dangerous. The other part that's interesting to know is we define the self that the ego protects, uh, in a sense, as our identity, and we associate family members with that identity. So in other words, our ego can start protecting our family and therefore facing outward, protecting the family from whatever possible fear or danger we think it might be facing, and therefore functioning in quite a healthy way because we've, we've included other people in the definition of self. That's very complicated because the ego can also turn in on itself, and if we define ourselves, as, if we define self as being ourselves, and other people, family members, when the ego turns in and perceives that person that we are shielding as a danger, the ego turns the wrong direction. It turns in on itself and starts trying to protect us from our partner or protect us from our children or protect us from losing what we've got. And so the definition of self and, and the, the, the clarity of identity and self-sufficiency is, is an attempt to make the ego and the vision from the, that comes from the ego very clear, clean, understandable and crystal. It doesn't mean we don't protect people. It doesn't mean we don't value people. But what it means is we, what we're trying to do is keep the ego facing outward. Let's talk about the ego at work for a minute. If you have a business and you believe in your product, the ego is facing outward toward customers, trying to work out how to prevent the customer not buying. Now, I know that's a double negative. We always say how to, how to cause a customer to buy, but the fear that the ego would be defending or standing up against is the fear of the, the audience or the customer not buying. And therefore the ego faces outward but if we have doubt about the product that we sell or the service that we deliver or the company that we work for or even our own integrity, the ego actually turns around and starts looking inward. In other words, protecting the customer from our product. So let's say you have had a series of product failures out there in your services or manufacturing or whatever it is you have a series of product failures. 
instead of the ego looking out at the customer saying, how do I protect myself from this customer leaving or this customer uh, not buying or whatever it is, you start turning yourself around. How do I protect the customer or myself from the product or service that I create or deliver or sell? And when this happens, there is a huge, huge conflict of interest. The ego believes in the customer more than the product it's delivering. This centurion, this ego, is in every person. The size of this ego is the size of your vision. And therefore, like the rings of a tree, the ego must always be expanding. The sense of identity or self, it's best to get that really clear. It's called self-sufficiency. So we don't attach self to family, but we can choose to support family and, and interact with family and love family, but not necessarily... Uh, uh, become codependent on those people and therefore make them a f some form of our identity. And finally, it's really important to get a sense of what is soul. Where does inspiration come from? How do, you, how do you tap into it? Because in this place, there can be no pain. In this place, there can be no pleasure. In this place, there is no time. In this place, there is no uh, suffering. In, in the place of uh, inspiration or soul, we are clean, pure, and therefore uh, don't have scar tissue or post-traumatic stress or anything, any other judgments. We've talked a little bit about the tool toolkit for the soul, the, the, the things that we share in inner wealth. They are just simply ways of keeping the centurion, the ego, facing outward, not inward. This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Bye for now.